Good afternoon, everybody. This is episode nine of the New Mount Mariah Youth Podcast. Um, today's lesson is titled Triumphant Entry of the King. Um, we're going to be looking at Matthew chapter 21, verse 1 through 11. All right, a little bit of background information about this uh, passage is pretty much this lesson is going to outline Jesus' triumphant entry into Jerusalem at the time of Passover. All right. So we're going to be looking at 21, 1 through 11. And it reads like this. And the NLT version. Uh, As Jesus and the disciples approached Jerusalem, they came to the town of Bethphage on the Mount of Olives. Uh, Jesus sent two of them on ahead. Go into the village over there, he said. As soon as you enter it, you will see a donkey tied there with its coat beside it. Untie them and bring them to me. Uh, if anyone asks what you are doing, just say the Lord needs them. He will immediately let you take them. This took place to fulfill the prophecy that said, Tell the people of Jerusalem, Look, your king is coming to you. He is humble, riding on a donkey, riding on a donkey's coat. Two disciples did as Jesus commanded. Uh, they bought the donkey and the coat to him, and they threw their garments over the coat, and he sat on it. Most of the crowd spread their garments on the road ahead of him, and others cut branches from the trees and spread them on the road. Jesus was in the center of the procession, and the people all around him were shouting, Praise God, the son of David. Blessings uh, on the one who comes in the name of the Lord. Praise God in the highest heaven. The entire city of Jerusalem was in an uproar as he entered. Who is this, they asked. And the crowds replied, It is Jesus, the prophet from Nazareth in Galilee. All right. So remember, this background of this lesson is pretty much is Jesus' triumphant entry into Jerusalem. Right at the time of Passover. So the whole point of this Bible study is to show us how the people of Jesus' time recognized him as God, but did not really understand his function as Messiah. Um, the key to this point is the word Messiah. Uh, Messiah means savior. Uh, I learned in college um, that the Jews in, in those uh, olden time and the Jews back then, their definition of a Messiah was a military savior. So they pretty much wanted somebody who was a strong leader, a strong general, somebody who was able to come literally riding on a horse and save the people by force, uh, kill off the, the government, kill off the, the people in charge and save them that way. But, uh, According to what we read, uh, they truly wasn't prepared for how Jesus truly was. All right. So those of you that's new, um, pretty much I read it pretty much like I did. And we dissect the uh, verses one through 11. I'm going to read it. I'm going to give you my perception of it. And I try to give you how I use it in my real life. And what help us uh, get through this is if you give me your perception. Of it. All right. So I'm going to look at verse one. 
and um, it says, as Jesus and the disciples approached Jerusalem, they came to the town of Bethphage on the Mount of Olives. Jesus sent two of his men on ahead. All right, and I'm gonna read one through um, one through three. Go to the village over there. He said, as soon as you enter it, you will see a donkey tied there with his coat beside it. Untie them and bring them to me. If anyone asks you, what are you doing? Just say, the Lord needs him. He will immediately uh, let you take them. So it's pretty much self-explanatory, one through three. But um, what I get from it is pretty much if you let, if you let God do what he's created to do, and if you let God do what he's meant to do, everything will fall into place. Because he, he told the two men that he was with, uh, pretty much going to the village. And as soon as you get there, you're going to see a donkey and a coat beside it on time and bring them to me. And if anybody stop you, just tell them the Lord need it and they're going to let you pass through. So what I get from it is if, if you let God direct your life, if you let God uh, use you, uh, everything will be okay. And I feel like that was the case in verse 1 through 3. All right. Uh, quick question. Does anybody have their own perception of verse 1 through 3? Or how has anybody uh, used 1 through 3 in their uh, personal life? And remember, um, this is a safe place. Um, I'm not here to judge. I'm not here to make it make you feel weird or uncomfortable. Um, you can say what's on your mind. Um, everybody's perception and understanding of the word is different. So hence why I gave you mine. Um, it'll be cool for you um, guys to give me yours. And those of you that are joining, we're uh, looking at Matthew chapter 21. And we're looking at verse 1 through 11. And I just pretty much read uh, 1 through 11 in its entirety. And I just read 1 through 3. And I gave my perception of it. And I don't mind repeating myself. Um, I said when I read 1 through 3, I get the perception that if you let God use you, good things happen. Um, God knows what's best for you. Um, it's okay. You're all right, Adelaide. Um, mine too. Uh, but if you let him use you, good things will happen. And uh, he knows exactly what's going on in your life. And if you just let him uh, do what he's going to do, everything will be all right. What's up, Corley? Nice for you to finally come. Um, does anybody have their own perception of one through three? Remember, this is a safe place. Uh, you won't get any judgment from me. Uh, the whole point of this is for us to get a deeper and a better understanding of the word. And my perception of it and your perception of it is two totally different perceptions. 
Was you gonna say something, Natalie? No. Why not? Give me your perception of it, Natalie. Are you on Matthew 21? I, I didn't hear you. I don't mind repeating myself. You want me to repeat it? Yeah. All right. So I read Matthew 21, 1 through 11 in its entirety, right? And I just said, I'm going to read 1 through 3, and I'll start over again, okay? So I said, it says like this, as Jesus and the disciples approached Jerusalem, they came to the town of Bethphage on the Mount of Olives. Jesus sent two of them on ahead. Go into the village over there, he said. As soon as you enter it, you will see a donkey tied there with its coat beside it. Untie them and bring them to me. If anyone asks you what you're doing, just say the Lord needs them, and he will uh, immediately let you take them. So what I say, what I get from it is if you let God do what he's supposed to do in your life, uh, your life will be smooth. Good things are going to happen. Uh, nothing can go wrong. That's my perception of it. And I ask, does anybody have their own perception of one through three? Pretty much what I just read. All right. What's your uh, perception, Trevor? Uh, go ahead. I don't mind reading it out loud. If you can type fast. Okay, I like what Trevor said. Basically, one through three is giving Jesus the wheel. And allowing him to take control of your life. Okay. That's a good perception, Trevor. Thank you for participating, Trevor. Alright. So, I looked at verse one through three. I'm going to read uh, three to six. All right. So it says, if anyone asks, no, 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 I'm going to read four through six. Uh, this took place to fulfill the prophecy that said, tell the people of Jerusalem, look, your king is coming to you. He is humble, riding on a donkey, riding on a donkey's coat. The two disciples did as Jesus commanded. All right. So pretty much what I get from four through six is not only was this predicted, uh, Jesus shows us how to uh, live our life and what they're doing in our life. And that's mainly be humble. Good things come to those who are humble and that are patient. And um, they pretty much do what they're called to do. And with that being the case, um, um, he pretty much came back and entered uh Jerusalem triumphantly. Um, I feel like when you're humble, good things happen as opposed to um, you being cocky. There's a difference between being cocky and confident. Um, but just by Jesus being humble, um, I believe that everything uh, will be okay. Y'all right, Quilla. Does anybody have their perception of uh, four through six? And if I'm being honest, if you feel comfortable with typing, go ahead and type. I can now speak. Um, okay. So uh, my perception of it is if you're 
if you take too much credit for yourself and don't give any to God, then things won't go well for you. Good job, Trevor. I like that perception. Uh, anybody else? Okay. So before I I move on to the next one, um, I just have a couple of quick questions. Coach Taylor, Antonio yeah. um, sent something in the chat. Did he? Let Jesus lead the way and trust him. Good job, Antonio. I didn't see yours. Thank you for letting me know, Adeline. Good job, Antonio. And I like that perception, too. All right. So um, we're going to kind of take a break like we always do. And I have a couple of questions. Um, so here's the first question. Um, pretty much God prepares us for his entry into our life. But here's the question. Are we as God's people actually prepared for him to enter into our life? And I'll say the question again. Are we as God's people prepared for him to enter our life and to make it fair I'll give my answer in my honest opinion no and the reason why I say no we're not prepared for God to enter our life is because um, all the time God is in our life and sometimes we get so caught up in these earthly things and what's going on in our life um, we barely understand and comprehend and identify uh, God already being in our life. So when he actually comes, a lot of the times we're not prepared because it's new. It, it's never happened to us before. So in my honest opinion, I say, no, we're not ready for God to enter to our life. Even though um, I know older people that say, well, you grew up in the church. You, 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 you read the Bible, you read the Bible, you know, the Bible, you know, this, you know that, but, when God truly comes into our life, I feel as though we're not truly prepared, in my honest opinion. All right. Does anybody have their own perception? Yes, we are not ready for God to enter within our lives, okay. considering the stuff that goes on in the world today. Okay. How's for that? us to truly be better. No. Okay. okay. Elaborate a little bit more, Trev. Well... The amount of stuff that happens today and what the people, what a lot of people do today, mm -hmm. the I believe the amount, the total amount of Christians within the world is like two million. Uh huh. So and that's a lot. That seems like a lot, but when you put it into perspective with the population of the world, it's not a lot. It's like zero point zero one percent of the world's population is right. Christians. Right. So. Until a lot more people become get into the Christian ways, I don't think we're gonna be ready for the, the for the Lord in our lives for a while. All right, good job, Trevor. Thank you for your elaboration. All right, I'm gonna read towards out loud, Antonio. Antonio said no because we get too worried about things on earth and don't know how to lean on Him. Good job, Antonio. I like I like how you you worded that. Good job, Antonio. Anybody else? Okay. So, 
We just have to remember that God always prepares you for his entry into his life. Even though I said uh, we're not ready, but I feel as, as though he's always prepares us for his entry into our life because he's always and already in our life. There's this old saying, stay ready so you don't have to get ready. And God is always ready and always by our side. Sometimes we as humans, we as people, we forget that God is with us through any and everything that we're going through. Um, so to move on with the uh, lesson, Jesus prearranged for the donkey and the coat to be delivered to him so that he could enter the city as the Bible foretold. This means that Jesus will always act in your life as the Bible lays out. That's how you tell what is and what is not truly of the Lord. All right. So that's point one. And my point two is this. Um, I have another question. All right. Since or because Jesus did not deviate from what the Bible has said, the people of Jerusalem saw him for who he was. Right. So here's the, here's my question. Uh, should we see things as they are or as they should be? And I'll be fair. My honest opinion, we should see things as they are, not as they should be. Seeing things as they are is the truth. You're seeing them in the now, in the present. So seeing me as I am right now, yeah, physically you see that I have on a maroon shirt. I'm on a black and white couch. There's a white wall and a black and white painting. So you see it for uh, as it is. Not my couch should be red or blue or green or yellow or purple. My uh, wall should be uh, brown or, or gray or gold. Or my painting should be... Uh, uh, white and maroon. You should see things for what they are, not what they should be. And the more you in tune with reality and what's truly going on, um, the better you will be and the, the better your life will be. All right. Does anybody uh, have their own answer to the question? Should we see things as they are or as they should be? As they are. Because it'd be selfish of us to see things how they should be. True. Amen. Anybody else? And remember, this is a safe place. So if you don't feel like, or if you don't feel too comfortable enough to, to speak, you can type. I'll read it out for you. Okay. So, as I previously stated, because Jesus did not deviate from what the Bible said, the people of Jerusalem saw him for who he was, not what he should be. Even though how they saw he should be, as I previously stated, a military conquer conqueror coming in, guns blazing on on a, on a stallion, ready to destroy uh, the oppressors, the government, and save the people. All right, but by them seeing him for who he is and as he is. Uh, they were able to truly uh, be blessed, in my honest opinion, to be in the Lord's prison. All right? um, that's how you can tell that God is operating in your life because you know the path in which he's leading you because it always aligns you with what God has already said in his word. All right. That's my second point. All right. So. That was just a, a little break that we normally always take. All right. So I'm going to read 7 
through 8, and then 9 through 11. So 7 through 8. They bought the donkey and the coat to him and threw their garments over the coat, and he sat on it. They're referring to Jesus. Most of the crowd spread their garments on the road ahead of him, and the others cut branches from the trees to spread them on the road. <clears throat> All right. So pretty much what I get from from seven through eight is um, when people realized who he was, um, they started to celebrate who he is and what he was uh, immediately. As soon as they recognized that he was the Lord and Savior, it, it pretty much says it in itself. Um, they bought the donkey and he in the coat. They threw their garments over the coat and he sat on it. And most of the crowd spread their garments, which is like their clothes, their blankets, what they have uh, on the road ahead of him. And the others cut branches from the trees and spread them on the road. All right. They were technically celebrating his return. All right. That's pretty self-explanatory. There's not a, a perception on that. All right. So I'm going to read 9 through 11. Jesus was in the center of the procession. And the people all around him were shouting, praise God for the son of David. Uh, blessings on the one who comes in the name of the Lord. Praise God in the highest heaven. The entire city of Jerusalem was in an uproar as he answered. Who is this? They asked. And the crowds replied, it's Jesus, the prophet from the Nazareth in Galilee. All right. So what I get from 9 through 11 is after they realized who he was and they threw their garments on the road, cut off the branches and threw that on the road too. Once they truly comprehended who he was and what he was, um, they started praising God because uh, the Messiah had returned home and he's entered Jerusalem. He's come to save the day. All right. Uh, does anybody have their perception or their own views of 9 through 11? Remember, my view and your view is totally different. So you might view 9 through 11 differently. Does anybody have their own view of 9 through 11? Okay, so that's it. Um, the title of this uh, episode or lesson is Triumphant Entry of the King. We looked at Matthew uh, chapter 21, verse 1 through 11, and it's pretty much in Jesus' triumphant entry of uh, Jerusalem. But here's a thought to remember. Um, Hosanna is a word meant to express the joy of God being with you. All right. So once we um, we realize who he is and what he is and understand that he's always by our side, uh, our life will be a whole lot more easier than what it is. All right. Does anybody have any questions? Does anybody um, have any misconceptions about what we just went over? Uh, this will continue.
continue in the summer, right? <laughs> yes, it will, Trevor. Alright. I'll continue it uh, as long as my uh, pastor would like me to. But is there any um, any questions over Matthew 21, 1 through 11? All right. So I ended off with a prayer like always. Dear Lord, thank you for last night's land. Thank you for this morning's awakening. Uh, thank you for everybody that's gathered here today to learn a little bit more about you. Um, from what I hear outside, it was a storm. Uh, please keep everyone uh, that's online, uh, safe and protected, uh, keep them from danger seen and unseen. Uh, thank you for allowing them to be here. Uh, I hope it was, uh, nourishment to their, uh, to their knowledge, Lord. Um, I ask that you please continue to use them and be with them and stand by them, uh, and help them get through whatever they may be going through or maybe, uh, yeah, whatever they may be going through in their life, um, please continue to use me, use me how you see fit, and uh, thank you for allowing us all to see another day. In Jesus' name, Amen. All right. Hey. So, I appreciate I'm that. You gonna miss me? Uh uh. Uh uh. But I appreciate y'all for coming. I pretty much have everybody' name written down. Uh, but let me double check. So I got Adelie name. I have Malia, Antonio Rogers, Trevor, and Courtney. That's pretty much everybody. All right. So since they um since they opened up the grade book, some of y'all grades gonna change, and I'll fix y'all grades. All right.